welcome to a very refreshing hour of business talk. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. You'll hear from the innovators who know how to use game-changing technologies and business strategies to transform industries. And importantly, they'll discuss how these technologies and strategies can shake up the status quo in your company's future and help your organization move in exciting new directions. Now, here's your host and moderator, Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, 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 welcome. If you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place because this is where the best run. What can I say? Let's check and see what the buzz on the street, or I'll just say the buzz on the planet is today. I have a quote from the contentmarketinginstitute.com, an article by Pawan Deshpande. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. And I've already said one of the key words for our show today. So let me tell you what the quote is. Content curation is a great tactic for promoting your thought leadership, but, and here's the caveat, that's in parentheses, but only if the audience can clearly distinguish your insight from that of your source material. Oh my, it sounds complicated already. Let's talk a little more about it. Does your job description include the term great content curator, or maybe just content, or maybe curator, or definitely not the word great. I haven't seen that in a lot of job descriptions. Well, maybe it doesn't, but if you're involved in digital selling, which not so long ago we called social selling, it's automatically part of your role. Get over it. You have to do it. But how? It sounds difficult. Well, there are a couple of easy steps. Let me just do a synopsis of those, and then we'll find out what we're going to talk about on the show today. First, you have to find useful, timely, relevant content, but it can't have any sales messaging. Oh, my. Then you have to add your own authentic personal insights. Again, no sales messaging. Then here's the tough part. You have to decide how are you going to share it, where are you going to share it, when are you going to share it, who are the targeted right people in the companies, has to be at the right time. The goal is to build and grow personal relationships, not to sell anything yet. And finally, wash, rinse, repeat. You have to create a repeatable strategy so you can do it over and over again. It becomes a digital selling content curation muscle, a habit. What a thought. We have three experts on the panel today who are going to help us figure this out, help you figure it out. I've been tweeting here, want to know the secrets to great digital selling content creation? Tune in right now and I'm going to hit the tweet button so everybody knows we are live on the radio. The topic today is secrets to great content creation and curation. Yes, you can do it. Welcome, welcome, welcome again. I'm Bonnie D. Gray, and we have a great panel for you today. We have Jason Taylor at Grapevine 6, welcoming him back. Brandon Bornanson at Seamless.ai, welcoming him back. And Marco Kai at SAP. They're all veterans of Game Changers Radio. So before I do any more introducing here, I'm going to ask Jason Taylor to please introduce yourself. Just tell us a little bit about what you do in Grapevine 6. We have you and many of your colleagues on these shows all year long, Jason, and catch us up on what's new with you. Jason Taylor, go ahead. Thanks, Bonnie. Um, as Bonnie said, my name is Jason Taylor. I am the Director of Sales and Partnerships at Grapevine 6. Um, it's funny. We are a content curation engine. Um, essentially, that is one of the things that our application does. We work in the social selling, digital selling space, employee advocacy. Um, what's new with me is I recently have had a little boy so i have a four oh. month old i've, I've been a, a bit sleep deprived and <laughs> my two and a half year old is starting to really kick it into high gear she's almost three so she's a wild one but um things have been great i just got back from michigan visiting family 
Wonderful. I'm going to say mazel tov on the new baby and good luck with the almost three-year-old. We used to call <laughs> it the you. terrible twos. I think it's supposed to be the terrific threes. Are you almost there yet? <laughs> yeah, no, I still feel like the terrific threes are very far away. But <laughs> she is as sweet as can be 90% of the time. We've uh, Many of us have lived through that many times, Jason. <laughs> uh, my thoughts go out to you. Let's just leave it at that. Again, congratulations on the new new member of your family. That's wonderful. Let's move on around the table. We'll give Jason a little bit of a rest here. It sounds like he needs one. Brandon Bornanson at Seamless.ai. Brandon, welcome back. Catch us up. What have you been up to? And tell everybody what Seamless.ai does. Thanks for having me, Bonnie. It's uh, Brandon here uh, with Seamless.ai. We deliver the world's best sales leads using artificial intelligence. And uh, I'm a serial salesperson, two-time multi-million dollar entrepreneur, and most recently a, a 13-time sales author. So we've been able to grow at over 1,000% due to content documentation. I pretty much document with the video crew and content crew everything I do every single day. And then uh, we wrote uh, 13 different sales books in six months uh, to help the sales network and audience maximize sales. So all in on content and using content with sales leads to maximize revenue growth. Did you say 13 books in six months or six books in 13 months? Anyway, you're yeah, boggling my mind. How do you crazy. How do you do that, Brandon? Uh, you know, luckily I've been, been in sales for over a decade and we, we pretty much took every single sales script, sales strategy, sales idea that I've ever had um, building two multi-million dollar companies, doing $100 million in sales for IBM and Google. Yeah, I put together a 10,000 page playbook over the past 10 years. And then it was like my secret weapon with my sales leads at Seamless.ai and just realized, you know, hey, what if we just gave it to uh, the world to help them maximize sales? Let's give them the sales lead software. Let's give them the sales content and got my whole marketing team around it. And then we just edited all the content and put it on Amazon and, and getting it in bookstores. So it was a big six-month-long project, but uh, uh, finally here. Sounds like a three-year project condensed into six months. Bravo to you. That's wonderful. Yeah, Thank you, Brandon. exhausted. Yes, well, it's like having a, a, a six-week-old and, and an almost three-year-old probably somewhere in between that or a combination thereof. <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to give you a rest. You can join Jason taking a deep breath, and now I'm going to turn to Marco Kai, who's one of the founders of Social Selling Program at SAP. Marco, welcome back, and tell us what you've been up to, please. Hi, Marco here. Uh, thanks so much um, for having me back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been working in digital uh, business for around... 20 years now, and I have been uh, running a digital selling program for S- at SAP for more than six years. And uh, in the past years, we have trained more than 15,000 uh, employees around the world, and we're super excited to see that digital selling actually help uh, the professionals be more successful in the dyna- dynamic, uh, fast-changing digital area. Uh, and I'm super excited to be on the call today um, to share with some more what we learned and what we think uh, could probably be also helpful to you. Thank you, Marco. Do do people come to you? You said you train more than 15,000 people. Marco, do people come to you and say, I want to be a great content curator? Or do they say, I want to be a great content creator? (laughs) Do they say, what? I have to make content too? Well, what? just quickly, what what do people, Uh, what's the biggest biggest fear or concern you see before you start training people? 
Oh my God, that's absolutely. Especially when you when you um, go to salespeople and um, they will say, okay, this sounds like something super exciting, but when you actually talk about how much time they they need to c- uh, commit to, uh, for example, especially the content piece, um, it's always a little bit out of the comfort zone, uh, especially, uh, actually, mm-hmm. uh, for, for myself as well, like, uh, because uh, if you think, like, how, how much um, news, how much uh, insights you have to find every day, and you have to turn them into some useful uh, content that can, you can share with your network and help you to build a reputation, that's always a little bit challenging. Um, but in the past years, we have learned some uh, some ways to, uh, and also we deployed uh, tools that help people to understand how to start uh, from beginning and uh, and also take step by step and become a great uh, great content curator. But to your question, absolutely, I, I think people are always um, pay a lot of attention around content, and that is very key piece of uh, digital selling. Thank you very much, Marco. Good insights. Let's go around the table. It's time to read the opening quotes. I always ask my panelists here on Game Changers Radio to send me a quote that really doesn't have anything to do with the topic, something inspirational, something a curiosity, something that makes people say, oh, I didn't know that, or wow, that's cool. And then they relate it to the topic of the day, which is content curation today. So Jason Taylor at Grapevine 6 sent us a quote from Salvador Dali. Anybody who doesn't know the name Dali, Salvador Domingo Felipe Jacinto Dali y Dominac. First Marquis of Dali du Pubol, lived from 1904 to 1989, known professionally as Salvador Dali, a Spanish surrealist painter, born in Figueres, Catalonia, Spain, best known for his bizarre and striking images. And uh, let's see what else I can say about him. He, he, I didn't know that his repertoire included film, sculpture, and photography. So here's the quote Jason has selected from the vast lore of Monsieur Dali. Have no fear of perfection. You'll never reach it. Jason, wonderful. Are we going to talk about this with relation to content curation, or is perfection possible? Yes. So when it comes yes. to content curation, and, and by the way, what a name, right? There's like, he has like seven different names and he's also the first marquee, right? Um, yep. <laughs> when, it, when it comes to the actual quote, there is no, there's no perfect. And, and I, I, I feel and I see on a regular basis working, you know, with these digital selling programs um, that folks are just intimidated and afraid to share content because they're afraid of, you know, marketing slapping them on the wrist, saying that they're doing something wrong, or just in general saying something that's a bit uncomfortable or, or looking silly. Um, there is no perfection. You're never going to reach it. The, 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 the key is to go out and find content that is interesting to you, that is relevant to you personally and professionally, and share that with your network, right? Because these folks are in your network for a reason. Um, they're connected to you for most likely similar interests or similar professional interests personally and professionally. Does that make sense? Thank- Yes, it does. Very, very interesting. Um, we used to have a phrase when I was growing up, people still may use it, Jason, good, better, best, never let it rest till the good is better and the better is best. But it's a continuing process. It's like a treadmill, isn't it? You never quite get there, but you keep trying. Yep. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Do you remember that phrase, or am I dating myself here? Do you remember that I, one? I don't remember that phrase. It sounds oh, like dear. A- oh, dear. Oh, dear. Oh, <laughs> dear. Let's delete that from the transcript, Aaron. Okay. Thank you very much. Brandon, I have a quote here from Ross Simmons, but I may have the wrong quote. Which quote did you send me? Did you send me the Starbucks quote, or do you want to use the Ross Simmons quote? I, I've got one from Mark Benioff. 
So this oh no, that that was a business quote. We didn't want we didn't want to use that one because oh, yeah. it was about it was about customers. So I think uh, the one I have here from you is from Ross Simmons. Hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. Can we use that one today? Sure. Okay. No problem. So. How does that relate? So Ross Simmons, uh, his his handle on Twitter is the coolest cool digital marketing strategist and entrepreneur, founder of Hustle and Grind. He wrote the book Stand Out and the Hustle Manifesto. Talk to me. So what, when you're talking about content creation, how can we relate this quote, Brandon? Yeah, you know this comes. I'm, I'm a big so I I grew my business you know partially a thousand percent due to content content distribution on social media and. You know, while competitors and companies in B2B are producing four content assets a month, I'm producing 10 to 20 content assets a day. As we're talking right now on the Game Changers, I've got my video crew in here. I'm recording the audio. They're shooting video. (laughs) That's hustling, right? Like, that's, that's, that's using hard work and hustle and not overthinking paralysis by analysis with content creation to create assets at a very fast speed, documenting and trying to provide as much value to the audience as possible and then slicing it up and getting it out there. You know, too many brands, too many companies out there, they'll they'll overanalyze and they'll work for weeks or months Mm -hmm. on the perfect one content asset. But the reality is, is when you put the content asset out, 1% of your audience is going to read it. So the goal is speed and efficiency over perfection. And that's what I believe Hustle beats talent when talent doesn't hustle. Thank you. And Brandon, you're going to have to give, forgive my oops. You actually sent, you replaced that one with Howard Schultz, uh, CEO of Starbucks, quote, success is best when it's shared. But you know what? I really like the Ross Simmons quote better because the idea of hustling seems so appropriate for what we're talking about. You can't sit there, as you say, and wait a month or two months. Oh, do I have the right words? Is this in the right place? Are people going to love it? You're, you are hustling. You and your team are hustling to get this content out. Let me just ask, I'm going to ask a question after we do Marco's quote. Because I want to ask the three of you, what's more important, content creation or curation, or are they indelibly linked and does it matter what you call it? Don't answer that yet, Brandon, but I want to, I want to go to Marco for his opening quote, and then we'll come back, and I'm going to ask that as a mini lightning round for the three of you and see if we can do some def- definition clarification here. So thank you, Brandon. That was a, a, good, a good hustle and a good punt for me. I love that quote, actually. Marco Kai sent us a quote from Albert Einstein. Life is like riding a bicycle to keep your balance. You must keep moving. Marco, relate that to our topic, please. Oh, my God. I, I just love Einstein, uh, but I have to admit that this quote is um, intuitively not related to content, but uh, it's more like how you uh, act as a salesperson or, or professional in the, in the change, uh, changing environment of a digital age. You have to keep changing, keep rolling with, uh, with what's happening uh, around you. So think about as a salesperson or businessman, that in the in the before you probably you can just hide behind the phone and you, you're not sharing anything until you actually contact with your customer. But now you can't because your customer are actively sending signals in the digital landscape, and uh, you have to start sharing uh, to uh, start uh, establish your uh, your reputation as a thought leader to influence and attract your customer. So you cannot hide anymore. So you have to keep uh, running, keep moving, just as a riding bicycle. And from that, um, you have to learn how to uh, how to find useful content, how to curate uh, useful content, and uh, help you yourself to become a trusted advisor in the digital age. So that's why I I think this quote 
still somehow um, that's uh, linked to the, our topic today. Thank you, Marco. Very thoughtfully done. Let me go around the table. Jason Taylor at Grapevine 6. Is there a big difference if I say I'm a content creator or a content curator? Do I need to put a slash between the two words and say I do both? If you're a curator, then are you automatically a content creator because you found the content and you embellished it or enhanced it, shall we say, and and then you created you created it by curating? So help me unconfuse myself and perhaps our global audience here, Jason, what's the difference between the two words, and is it an important distinction? Well, I think it's all relative to the individual, first of all. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For me, I think that content curation and creation are two separate things. Okay. I see content curation as going out and curating content from a third party. And a lot of the times it'll be thought leadership in nature, subject matter expertise, to show that you know something about a certain subject. Um, Content creation, in my eyes, is somebody that actually goes out and creates an article, you know, grabs images and puts them into and and structures the format and framework of the article. Um, It it could be a blog post. It could be a LinkedIn long form post. um, But... I, now that you say it the way that you do, if someone mm-hmm. is creating or curating content and adding their own spin to it, that is almost like creating content, but I think it's more of creating a social post um, ah. in, in, in what we're talking about. Thank you. Interesting perspective. Glad I gave you some food for thought there. Brandon Mornanson at Seamless.ai. Brandon, what's your thought? Creation, curation, one and the same. Where's the differentiator? Is there a line between them? I, I, you know, I think content creation, it, you're building something custom on your own with your own point of view, right? And, mm-hmm. but, but to comment and curate and share, uh, also is, is a form of content creation. So I, I think they are definitely one and the same. I think it's critical to build your point of view and build your thought leadership in the, in the space, in the industry, you know, wh- whatever that may be as well as building relationships with influencers and others. Uh, some of the things that we do when we're writing content, we share with our company, we share with our like uh, customers, our user base, and that way it gets curated across everyone. And we're always commenting and sharing other thought leaders and influencers and customers and users' content as well and providing feedback and uh, commentary on that. So I think you have to do both. And uh, every industry is probably different as to which one do you want to lead more towards. Interesting. Thank you. Marco Kai, why don't you join us? Thoughts on, and you're, you are the one who sent me the overview, I believe, uh, you and, and uh, Muhammad Arif at SAP sent me the abstract for the show, and it started out with, uh, you want to be a great content creator and curator. And I took the word creator out because I figured curator covered it all. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Marco? Is there a distinction for you as you teach this? Well, for me, I think I, I, first of all, I definitely agree with um, with Brandon and uh, Jason. Jason, by the way, hi Jason. <laughs> and but for me, I think it's a little bit difficult to distinguish. Um, there are some some way quite similar, but uh, for for me, uh, at least what we talk about at SAP, we we think creation uh, includes actually different levels of content creation. For example, mm. as Brandon mentioned, that uh, probably just retweet something or you just uh, add some contest uh, based on your insights and your your uh, insights after reading the content. That's that's also considered uh, a kind of a creation. 
um, oh, sorry, creation. But uh, in the meantime, creation for me is actually an, another level. It means that you create something from scratch or from uh, from 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 a totally new, right? So, but at SAP, we always encourage people to think um, from from uh, from uh, uh, the basic level. If you are not comfortable to create something totally new from the very beginning, you can start just uh, comments with people and interact with people, or retreat, or just adding adding some context. So that's fine. So for me, um, they are a little bit uh, similar, but uh, I think the creation is uh, probably takes another uh, more extra efforts. Interesting. Let me give you all three an example, then we're going to find out where you're calling from and what your favorite drink is, because I have these wonderful, smiling PR pictures of Jason and Brandon and Marco in front of me, and there must be something that's powering you all to be so happy. Um, I just took the opening quote from the contentmarketinginstitute.com, where I opened the show a few minutes ago, and I posted on Twitter, quoted by hashtag SAP Radio, and then I put quotes around it, hashtag content curation is a great tactic for promoting your thought leadership but only if the audience can clearly distinguish your insight from that of your source material, unquote. Then I put the web the web uh, reference exactly where I found it, and then I added the handles, Jason Taylor Says, Grapevine 6, B. Bornanson, Seamless AI, and, and one of my favorite tweeters, uh, Mohammed Amir, Biz User. Okay, I put that up, and then it automatically pulled in an image from the content curation article on Content Marketing Institute, which shows uh, somebody with a hand with a pen, looks like a white or drawing a big cloud and then little clouds coming out of it or just below it. So was I curating content? Just quickly, yes or no around the table, Jason. Was I curating content by taking the quote and putting it out as my name, saying that we quoted it on SAP Radio and adding your handles to it? Was that a curation? Was that a creation or a hybrid thereof? Jason, what did I do? I So prior to this call, I would have said that was content curation, um, but now that, you know, we, you, you've explained it the way you see it, um, I think you, I mean, you're creating a social post, so you are creating a piece of content, um, but you are, you're also curating, so I guess it would be a hybrid. Thank you. <laughs> Nothing like a live example. Brandon, what do you think? Yeah, I think that's definitely a hybrid. You, you're curating and you're creating, making it your own unique, so it uh, maximizes the impressions to the audience out there, so... I would say both. Thank you. Thank you. And I I wasn't even sure what your answers were going to be. Marco, agree or disagree with your other co-panelists? Oh, totally agree. I think that that definitely is hybriding. (laughs) Okay. I was just just testing the waters to see what I was doing here. It's nice to know. I'm learning from the three of you. Jason Taylor, up close and personal, quickly, where are you calling from today? What part of the world? And what's your favorite beverage that makes you smile like you do? Uh, um, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Oh, and hi. by the way, yeah, so you're in Raleigh, right? I'm in Durham, right. Raleigh, Durham. Go yeah. ahead. Yeah, so you're right down the road. And, and Marco, hi. Um, I hope you're settling into France. I hear things are going well for you. Um, so, I, yeah, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. Uh, last time I was on, I, I talked about the old-fashioned. Um, mm-hmm. So I don't want to be redundant. I'm going to switch it up, and I'm going to say um, a Sycamore Brewery Mountain Candy American IPA. So that's a local brewery here in Charlotte. Um, and as of right now, because of the weather, it's very warm here in Charlotte, as you know, Bonnie. Yes. Um, it, it's it's kind of at the top of my list right now because it's crisp and refreshing. 
Well, very interesting. Sycamore Mountain Candy IPA is listed on ratebeer.com, on sycamorebrew.com, on beeradvocate.com, and untapped, U-N-T-A-P-P-D.com. It's on taphunter.com. It's on totalwine.com. It's on beermenus.com. It's on blueridgeoutdoors.com, and it has its own Facebook page as well. Very interesting. Thank you, and hello from Raleigh-Durham. It's a little bit gray here today, Jason little overcast. I'll give a weather report in a few minutes. I'll actually give a, a nature update in a few minutes. Brandon, where art thou today and what do you love to drink? Yes. Hey, Jason and Marco. Thanks for joining Bonnie. Great to connect again. I'm, I'm calling from Columbus, Ohio. I wish I was on Lake Norman in Charlotte because uh, I've got a small office there and uh, decided to get back by you guys. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm a big wake surfer. So in the summer... Uh, we do a lot of wake surfing, and when we wake surf, uh, we love to drink Don Julio 1942 with a few splashes of OJ. So that's what I'm sipping on when I'm not working, wake surfing. Don Julio, D-O-N-J-U-L-I, you knew I was going to do this, didn't you, Brandon? Don Julio, D-O-N-J-U-L-I-O.com, age 2.5 years for excellence, elevate to luxury tequila. Pure blue agave, hand-picked. Uh, we also have it on TotalWine.com, Don Julio 1942 Tequila at Drizzly, D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. It's on ReserveBar.com. It's on DonJulio.com. And Target even has it listed. So what can I tell you? When they sell it here with Total Wine and more in the Briar Creek Commons right near me, I'm at the edge of Raleigh and Durham, so it's officially a Briar Creek Commons shopping center in Raleigh. There you go. And it's on Old Town Tequila as well. Very interesting. Thank you, Brandon. And Marco, where are you today? Oh, my God. Okay. Uh, so I, I think, uh, Justin, just uh, give a little bit of a hint. <laughs> I'm calling yes. From, uh, but uh, exactly, I'm calling from Paris. Bonjour, everyone. Um, Bonjour. I'm just back from the vacation, and the city is just totally empty, but it's getting chilled. So that's really good. It was really crazy last, uh, last month, like 41 degree, and uh, oh, my God. <laughs> So that's very good. Marco, what brought you to Paris? And first of all, you called us. You didn't ask us to call you. And you have an incredibly clear connection today on the phone. I'm I'm absolutely amazed. I had no idea you yep. were on the other side of the world. What brought you to Paris? Oh, um, because uh, I was managing uh, the, the digital selling in the globally, and it was really difficult to manage that from uh, from APG, Tamsung, and uh, because Europe is in the middle, right? And I, I really love Paris, so I made my decision, and my manager just moved me to live and work in Paris. Well, so congratulations. How beautiful. How wonderful for you. So enjoy enjoy Paris. Uh, bonjour. And it, it, what time is Thank it there you. now? It's uh, Where are you, late afternoon? It's uh, 4.30 p.m. So is it wine time or tea time or what are they doing in Paris these <laughs> days at 4 in the afternoon? I don't know. If you were oh in the U.K. God, it's it would vacation be t- time. Like, <laughs> yeah, every, everywhere is empty. <laughs> that's right. All the that's right. It's closed and... Uh, August in Europe. Well, thank you very much for joining us, you brave soul. You Thank you. Gentlemen, you've done wonderfully on our first half of our show. It's 1029 here in um, on the East Coast in Raleigh-Durham. I have a little tiny story before we take a break. Um, they're going to apparently be resurfacing the road in front of my block here in in the part of Durham where I am in a, in a Del Webb community. And a gentleman knocked on my door, rang my doorbell yesterday afternoon. I was working in my office, and I actually didn't see him walk up to, to the front walk. 
I was startled, opened the door, and a gentleman in an orange uh, safety jacket says to me, lady, here's the information we're going to be resurfacing the road and you, you can and can't use the road and be careful of the sand and you'll be able to use your driveway on Wednesday and then he says by the way you've got two dead birds in front of your house so I opened the door and the bird family that was here last year built a nest above my motion sensor opposite my front door in the little alcove the nest looks like it could have been built by a major architect it is almost dot by dot like little mud bricks this thing is a fortress, and they actually put the eggs in there, and they guard it morning, noon, and night, and they let me come in front, come and go in the front door and don't bother me, and it doesn't set off the blink motion sensor. But apparently two baby birds, and we're not talking little teeny-weeny, we're talking five-inch long, fully feathered form birds, fell out of the nest yesterday underneath the bench I had. So I was horrified. I moved the bench. I tried to move the birds with the paper. One looked like it was gone. The other one was limping around, and I was very sad. So I texted all my neighbors, and they said, call Animal Rescue. So I tried calling the numbers, and all I got were very long-winded messages about what to do and what not to do. So I gave up, and I had a radio show last night. I had a friend come over last night, and we gently moved the birds. One looked like it was completely gone, put it in the garden for a proper nature return, and the other one we just moved it toward the dirt in the garden so it would be warm in case it wanted to revive. I went to bed feeling very sad, woke up this morning. Both of the birds had revived. I'm kidding you not, and I put a little tray of water. So my drink of the day is water for the birds. I took a little pie tin and put water on my front walk right outside the door, and both of the birds were sitting there at the edge of this makeshift bird path. And now all the birds are sitting on my walk, and I don't know which ones are the almost expired and which ones are the are the healthy ones. So now I've created a makeshift bird bath on my front walk, and you can imagine the mess it's going to be. But anyway, I am a nature lover. So water for the birds, that's all I can say. It's water for the birds today. Forget about what I'm drinking. That's my little story. I'm Bonnie D. Graham. Thanks for indulging me. This is Changing the Game with Digital Selling Radio. Used to be social selling, and we updated it to digital selling because that's what we want the world to know. Our topic today, secrets to great content creation and curation. And what I do is apparently a hybrid creation curation with a slash in between. And yes, you can do it too. Special guests today are Jason Taylor at Grapevine 6, Brandon Bornanson at Seamless.ai, Marco Cayeta, say, We're going to take a quick break, 90 seconds, count them along with us, and then we'll be right back with some more great information to help you on your journey to becoming a great content creator curator. There we go. That's a new job title. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Aaron out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Social media is taking sales and marketing organizations by storm. And only those who adapt quickly into the new digital world will be around in the future. Digital selling is a concept that has implications to all lines of business, from building the fundamentals in the sales and marketing process and getting the content marketing mix right, to building cross-functional teams and ultimately changing the way buyers and sellers engage in a digital world. Join our experts as they analyze and discuss how digital selling is changing the world of business. Changing the Game with Digital Selling is presented by SAP. Visit SAP.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. 
listening to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP. Email your comments and questions to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the live show at Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Changing the Game with Digital Selling. Here we are. We're talking today about the secrets to great content creation and or curation. I found out I'm a hybrid creator-curator. So there, talking today with Jason Taylor at Grapevine 6, Brandon Bornanson at Seamless.ai, and Marco Kai at SAP. And we're going to have a really fast roundtable today, see if we can cover a lot of great information for our listeners. So Jason Taylor told me the following. Jason, just take about 90 seconds to explain it, expand it, then we'll get a quick agree or disagree and why from Brandon and Marco, and then I'll find a statement in Brandon's list, and then one from Marco. We'll go around the table a bunch. So, Jason said, 411 rule for content sharing. Listen up, everyone. Do the math. Out of six posts, every six posts, four should be third-party thought leadership, one should be humanizing, and one should be sales content. Jason, talk to me. Uh, yeah, first and foremost, Brandon, next time you come to Lake Norman with your boat, just let me know because I'm only a few miles from there. Um, when it <laughs> comes to, <laughs> when, when we're very comes social to here on Game Changers. Go ahead. Go yeah, ahead. I know. We're, we're making plans to go wake surfing. <laughs> I um, love it. <laughs> so the 411 rule, uh, this is something that I've, I've had instilled in me for years. Um, we've trained on this. Uh, both at my previous company and the, the Grapevine 6 company I'm at now. Um, and, and the idea is not cluttering uh, just your social networks or, or pestering them with sales content. So four should be third-party in nature, which I would call curated content, but now I'm going to call it a hybrid of curated slash created. Um, so taking four pieces from, you know, four outside sources that talk about what you do in your professional interests. Um, one should be humanizing, uh, and, and it could be, you know, a, a, a picture of you at an event or, you know, at a baseball game with your family. Um, and then lastly, you, you still want that, that sales content, um, and, and that's the, you know, that last one is, is a heavy-hitting um, piece of sales content. This is why you should be working with us. This is what I can do to help your business. Interesting. Thank you very much. Agree or disagree with those proportions in that formula, 411 rule. Brandon, join us. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I mean, I, I think it's, well, first off, I don't believe in, in doing much of any sales content on social. And sales content, I mean, like, selling yourself, talking about your product. Um, you know, I, I think that should be, like, 10% of all the content that you produce. The rest should be strategies, tips, best practices, advice to transform where your customers at, are at today to where they want to go tomorrow to be successful. Best way to do that is, is by, you know, developing content and or curating content that helps them make that happen. My audience are salespeople. We develop strategy, tips, best practices, ideas, content around that to help them find and close more sales or build the list that could change their life forever make that marriage, that life, that house, that dream car, that dream boat a reality. And, um, you know, I, I think the 411 rule sounds about right, sounds aligned with that, that type of approach. So I'm in agreement. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thoughtful reply. Marco Kai, join us. Agree or disagree with what Jason shared? Well, I have to say, I think that's a really interesting statement because uh, at SAP, we don't talk about it. It's 
specific like one post or what a portion should be, but we do talk about um, like among all the content you share, uh, how much should be uh, neutral and value-driven and how much should, uh, could be a uh, hard sales promotion. But I think uh, what uh, Jason just mentioned could be a missing, part, missing piece of our picture because I do believe um, that it goes back to actually the very core principle of digital selling. That is, we are living in an information-explosive uh, time that everyone is so tired of getting sell and sell all the time, but it's, what we want is what your decision makers want is getting some help, get get value. So I do believe that uh, the portion is re- really good. That should everyone should focus on the value and the neutral stuff. Um, but uh, probably can also give a little bit the sales push at the, at, at the back. So I I really like that uh, um, that statement. Thank you very much. I'm going to move on. I found something interesting here in Brandon Bornance's list of notes he sent me before the show. Brandon, here's where I'm going to go, your number three statement. To create consistent content, interview experts in your field and share it with your audience. And he says in 2019, LinkedIn makes you a single degree away from business leaders all over the world. With Zoom and Skype, set up a video interview, spend 15 minutes with a leader, record it, talk about impactful topics to engage your audience, then share it online. This is interesting. So we're talking about video content, audio content, rather than just quote-unquote digital print. Brandon, tell me more. Yes. Yeah, so, so one of the things, you know, I, I was able to, to become a multimillionaire in sales by, by having to write sales lists and also studying all the sales experts and authors and learning the strategies to maximize, maximize revenue. And uh, when I launched Seamless.ai, I was like, you know what, all the authors, the 150, 250 sales books that I've read, I want to I interview all these people. And we'll do video, we'll do audio, and we'll write a book. So my 13th book is Sales Secrets from the Top 1%, where the world's best sales experts share their secrets to sales success. And all we do is we interview the top sales authors, experts, and strategists on their top number one secret to sales success from their experience. Like if they could go back in time to their 20-something, what is that one secret to help them maximize sales today? What would they tell themselves? And uh, we record that, and then we transcribe it, we edit it, and it's in a book, and it's going to be on on our podcast. We've already done 150 episodes that are getting released, and then it's also going to be on video as well. So this is a great way to uh, build thought leadership in a content curation and creation, kind of two birds with one stone, going back to your bird analogy. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Two birds with one stone. Hopefully don't kill them. But that way do content creation and curation together while also figuring out the best strategies from the best sources and uh, audience that we've been working with uh, absolutely loves that type of interview-style content. Thank you. I like that a lot, obviously, because I do interview business leaders, but I do it in a roundtable fashion. Thank you. Marco, agree or disagree with this pointer, this tip, this advice from Brandon, and then we'll get to Jason next. Marco, what do you think? Oh, Absolutely. I think especially with uh, the rise of live stream media, um, because, for example, like last year, we, we heavily um, included the, the video part into our geo curriculum because I, we totally believe that uh, that part was going to uh, play a really important role in engaging the customer. That's, that's really a crucial way to actually generate content, and it's really easy. 
So I totally agree with that. I, I think um, anyone should uh, really put hands on like how to use the, the, the streamlined media and uh, for interview or when you go to the event, whatever, to use that as a content sharing uh, or creation um, means. Thank you very much. Jason Taylor, agree or disagree? Let's get your voice on this. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, something that I, I wish that I would do more of. Um, Brandon does a great job. I mean, if, if you're connected with him on LinkedIn, if you're not, I should say you should definitely connect because he is, like he said, a content generating machine. Um, he's got his video crews following him around. You know, he does a lot with, even with his phone, like in the morning when he's working out. Um, but when it, when it comes to interviewing, I guess subject matter experts or thought leaders or influencers, like you can't get better information than folks that are out there doing this every day. So I completely agree. Um, video is, it's huge as everyone knows. Um, it's, it's eclipsing digital text, if you will, or digital print, as you said, Bonnie. Um, mm-hmm. but I, I definitely agree with, with that statement. Thank you very much. I'm going to move on to something from Marco's Thanks, list. Thank you for the Yes. <laughs> good, good around the table here. Let's go to something from, here's something, let's go on, I wouldn't say on the negative side, but let's go on the cautious side here. Just a quick one. Marco says, be extremely cautious and try not to create or share content that could potentially trigger, trigger political arguments while using social media for business purposes. Marco, you want to give us a quick overview of this? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I think at least in the B2B um Business area that we we really intend to separate uh, business from political, but uh, in before we do see some uh, we we do see some cases that people talk about politicals, but that really uh, causes a lot of unnecessary troubles um, because um, so we actually have this guideline that uh, either you don't share anything about that could trigger uh, political arguments or you don't engage in a um, political conflicts uh, on the internet. Um, but I, in the meantime, I do hear some people sharing different opinions. That's actually, uh, I'm also very interested to hear how Jason and Brandon, um, what, what the notions do you hold about that? Good, good point. Let's go around the table. Jason Taylor, agree or disagree with Marco? What's the, is there a fine line in, in uh, shall we say, opinion-leaning content that could be politically triggering? What's your thought? What's your guideline? I say... If there's any question that someone with op- opposing views could see a piece of content and, and it could trigger, you know, an emotion uh, in a negative way, do not do it. I, I so much like I don't talk about politics at all on social, um, you know, regardless of my stance. Um, mm-hmm. I, an example is uh, someone that I used to work with posted something on Facebook and, you know, it was very uh, one-sided. You could tell that they were pushing, you know, an agenda on one side. Uh, Mm -hmm. And and I reached out to this individual and said, hey, I can appreciate your your views. Uh, Just be careful what you say on social because, you know, any of our clients could could see this. And it could disrupt the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So why even take a chance? And I know that social is a place that you, that is kind of that, uh, that place that you can voice your opinion, right? Um, I personally don't. I don't think it's a great idea, and that's because I am in B2B software sales, and, and yeah. digital is, is a big part of what I do. 
Thank you very much. Good good advice from Marco. Let's get Brandon Bornanson's thoughts on this. Brandon, agree or disagree? Where is that fine line? How how close can you come to it? Yeah, I think Marco and Jason nailed it. Um, you know, for me personally, I, I'm a salesperson and entrepreneur. I, I, I don't, I, you know, I don't focus on politics. I don't focus on religion. I don't judge others. I just focus on becoming the best salesperson entrepreneur in the world that I can be. And I document and I talk about that. And I share my experiences and what I learn and uh, what I discover with the audience to help them become the best salespeople that they could be or the best marketers that they could be. Uh, anytime that you've got a social media post or content asset that you're thinking about distributing and you have to like ask yourself, should I post this because I'm worried about X, Y, or Z? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, it, if it's not about criticizing or having a constructive uh, conversation about like a sales strategy, a marketing strategy, or any industry topic, I, I would avoid it. Um, you know, I'm not judgmental. Again, I'm just a salesperson entrepreneur. Like I don't even uh, identify myself with a political party or a religion uh, mm-hmm. because that's, I'm all in on that and possibly impacting a billion people. But there's so many people out there who are so damn judgmental that yes. they'll hold anything against you. And just like Jason had mentioned, which I thought was smart, I think Jason coaching his rep that watch what you're posting on Facebook and LinkedIn or wherever is extremely intelligent because that could kill a deal with a company like any of the companies out there, SAP, any other big companies, small companies, if someone's on the other side of the fence and you're swinging for the other team, it, it could be, it could get damaging and it's just not a place that I would touch. And if you, the best thing is gut check. If you have to even ask yourself mm-hmm. the question, should I post it? I probably wouldn't. And I'd stay a little bit more conservative there. Interesting, interesting. I'm going to give you all a quick story, and then I'm going to bring up one more statement we have from Jason and go around the table because I think it's a, a good one, a lot of meat on the bones here. But uh, I recently, for, for a guest coming up on a different one of my radio shows, he sent me a link to his TEDx talk. It was about a particular type of technology. We'll just say in the delivery field. We'll leave that one alone. I went to his TEDx talk, and I was very intrigued, watched it, and I noticed the comments on YouTube underneath the recording. The vitriol, the language, the political commentary, the bashing. One person must have posted 15 messages under this. I was almost embarrassed to read what they were saying, and I realized that the danger lurking in something as simple as, hey, this is what I do for a living, this is what I what I fly on the weekends, and it, it just became a political, almost a nightmare. I, I was I was surprised. Should I have been surprised at all? Just a quick yes or no around the table. Jason, then Brandon, then Marco. Should I have been surprised? Are, are you mean in the commentary? Yes, that that it was with that vicious in commentary to on a YouTube posting of a TEDx talk that people got that vicious and that political about a simple eight minute TEDx talk. What do you think? Yeah, I mean it. It, it really depends on what the context of this TEDx talk was, but it doesn't surprise me at all. I mean, people. There's, there's people that just troll the internet looking for wow. places to express their views. I was, I was again, really surprised. As, yeah. Go, yeah. Brandon. As Brandon said, if it's yep. questionable, mm-hmm. like, just don't do it. You're better off not doing it. Yep. Brandon, comment quick. Yeah, you, you know what? Real quick, I love the block button on LinkedIn and, and on social. So it's my favorite mm-hmm. thing to do. Like, if you're adding value to the network and an immense amount of value – don't be afraid to block 
any trolls or any negative people in your life. I only want to surround myself with positive people that want to become the top 1% or the top 1%. So I block people faster than anything. Like if, yep. you, if you're not being constructive, like if you've got a different view and you're being constructive about it, I love it. I love hearing different points of view. But if you're just trying to bring someone down, me down or someone else in my network, I'll block you and know that you're going to lose out on millions of dollars in value and that's mm-hmm. your loss. So love the block button, block the trolls and keep moving up and to the right. Good point. I've started blocking people on Facebook who are doing political diatribes and coming up on my news feed. Amazing. No, no, thank you. Yeah, and I'm, I don't question it. I just block them totally. I don't want to see it. I don't want anybody to associate it with me. Not my thing. Marco, agree or disagree with that about blocking uh, vitriol and negative commentary? Well, absolutely. I just want to echo uh, Brandon that uh, I, I love arguments. I, I love meaningful uh, conversation, mm-hmm. but uh, but I have to learn to start to like do the uh, black black um, uh, list people. But uh, I have to say, I'm not surprised to see. Actually, everywhere I saw that the only channel that will have a little troll probably just the uh, the paid paid the paid channel like cute dogs. Mm-hmm. But even for that, you can always see that people have some vicious comments. So don't get up. Uh, upset or surprised when you post some content to your social network, there are always yep. people like uh, for no reason just want to put you down. But uh, you have to, as Brenda and uh, Jason said, focus um, focus your energy to the right people, engage with them, and uh, build your tr- trust relationship with them. Thank you very much. Good commentary around. We're in the crystal ball section of the show right now when I get a prediction from the three of you. But I think what I'd like to do, do it a little differently today, is I have a statement here from Jason Taylor at Grapevine 6 in your notes, Jason. You say, be purposeful when creating or curating content. Make sure there's a purpose. So why don't we just make the prediction round? What do you predict people's approach to content creation will be in the next, let's say, in 2020. Let's not project too far ahead into the future. Uh, when it ter- comes, uh, comes to, tongue-tied, Bonnie, when it comes to uh, creating and curating content, what would that purpose or what should it be? If you could relate that to the prediction, that'd be fine. Otherwise, just predict whatever you want. 60 seconds each. I'm talking too long. Jason Taylor, you're up. Predict, please. Yeah, so being purposeful is really just taking your audience through this journey, right? And, and it's, it's building yourself as a thought leader and subject matter expert and, and kind of guiding them, holding their hand through a process. And in my world, the process is a sales funnel. Folks that are going out and evaluating, looking for solutions that are similar to mine, I want to make sure that I'm catching their eye. I want to make sure that I'm purposeful in my content by sharing content that is very relevant to technology and relevant to financial services, right? It, and, and these are different industry verticals that I target. Also content curation, um, social selling or digital selling. Uh, that's, that's what I mean by being purposeful. And I'm predicting that by mm-hmm. 2020, folks are going to be much more purposeful with their social content because it's no, LinkedIn is no longer seen as a resume. It's, it's being seen as an active social network for professionals um, so you just have to make sure that you're out there spreading the word about what you do and, and adding value. As Marco said, one of the most important things is educating your audience and adding value. Thank you very much. Brandon Bernanson, 60 seconds. What's your prediction, please? So Mark Benioff from Salesforce.com says, in order to remain relevant, you must establish yourself as, as a thought leader in your industry. I believe the best way to establish yourself as a thought leader in your industry and, and 
deliver purposeful content is to be a servant leader and to try to deliver as much value, value, value as humanly possible. When I interviewed Gary Vaynerchuk in our, in our book, you know, he was all about value, value, value. I, I don't, B2B sales, a lot of people will give value with the interest of getting something back. But to be as purposeful as possible is being a servant leader and trying to deliver value to help the customer accomplish their biggest goals, biggest desires without asking for something in return. And mm-hmm. that's how you establish yourself as a thought leader. That's how you're purposeful. And that's how you help take your customers from where they're at today to where they want to go tomorrow. And then they're going to want to follow you to constantly get the value that you're delivering across social and across your content. Thank you very much. Always very well put. Brandon, Marco, Kai, I have, oh, I have 90 seconds for your prediction because they were so concise. Go ahead, Marco. It's your lucky day. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that. Give me extra time. I think I, I believe that from content sharing in the future, there will be a lot of technology uh, differences, like how people share content and generate content. For example, like the uh, as I mentioned, the live live stream and the uh, the video part is going to play a bigger and bigger role, and we cannot uh, actually imagine what will happen in the future. Maybe people just use a totally different device to generate content. But something I believe won't be changing is that you have to, um, as as Jason and Brandon mentioned, that you have to be purposeful. But uh, other than that, I, I, I just want to add also that you have to be customer-centric. You have to speak your customer language, and you have to be insightful. For example, we have, a, we have actually a real case that at our company, we have a colleague who is not actually responsible to generate the pipeline, but he is so passionate about sharing the powerful content that the, our customer actually can read, understand, and be engaged. Mm-hmm. And he actually generates pipelines every month, even though he doesn't need to. So I believe that in the future, uh, the technology, the platform will be different, but the, the core value, uh, the core heart of the country will, will remain the same and be more and more important. That is value and purpose. Thank you very much. Great way to wrap up the show. I want to thank uh, A.J. Mohammed Arif at SAP. He did a great job putting this together. A.J., I appreciate you getting such a great panel. I really enjoyed speaking with the three of you. And thank you to sponsor Kirsten Boileau at SAP in Canada for sponsoring this series. I think this is your fourth or fifth year with me and Aaron Keller, our engineer extraordinaire at World Talk Radio, the business channel. Thank you for getting us on the air and keeping us there. So here's my call to action. Get ready to be a great content creator slash curator they almost rhyme there you go i'm a i'm a hybrid i just found out fasten your seatbelt what are you waiting for go out and be a game changer today just like jason taylor at grapevine six and a shout out to your colleagues there jason always enjoy having you on the show brandon bornanson at seamless.ai same thing and marco kai bienvenue and bonsoir and have a wonderful evening in paris and congratulations on your move and congratulations on your new baby jason and brandon on your next 13 books in the next six months everybody have a great day i'll be back in one hour with another live show we're going to be doing technology and sports talking about how technology is intersecting with the sport of eventing. It's equestrian. It's horse and rider teams. It's wow. It's an extreme Olympic sport. Learn with me 12 noon here on Game Changers Radio. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Changing the Game with Digital Selling, presented by SAP, the best run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to Twitter hashtag SAPRADIO. 
Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Business Channel. We wish you a positively game-changing week.